We are back on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Good to talk to you again. Told you you wouldn't have to wait too long for us to get another episode going. I'm Nick Grunowitz. He's Scott Inez. If you're listening for the first time, you can catch us weekdays, ESPN 580, FM 96.5, HD2, and whenever we can drop a podcast here for you on the Pinstripe Post Podcast Network. Uh, we got a ton to get into. Uh, it feels as if the NBA is returning, and when they do, it is to the city beautiful, or at least adjacent to Walt Disney World. Uh, the all-time Orlando Magic team dropped by the four-letter network, ESPN. Uh, they made one massive, massive mistake. We'll get into that. Charles Barkley said that he wanted the Orlando Magic front office job three years ago before the Magic offered it to Jeff Weltman. So we're jam-packed here. Uh, what's going on, Scotty? Good hey, to have you Nick. back. Good, good to be back. Long time no talk, right? How about that? Two <laughs> pods in two weeks. Not bad. We were off for like, oh, I don't know, like two It was like three months. months. Yeah. yeah, it was basically three months, and yeah. we got an email from from the people, and they're like, hey, you guys still doing this? We're like, yeah, there's a <laughs> pandemic. There's a pandemic going yeah. on, and we're actually working on our news station, um, which we have been for the last couple of months, but it's kind of died down lately, and- and I'd like to uh, echo Nick uh, Nick's sentiment about hope you are well. There are a lot yes. of folks out there who are are hurting right now. We realize that, but hopefully we are on to better pastures here uh, soon enough, and uh, we'll get to back to some kind of normalcy before long. And and hopefully that includes some NBA games in the very near future. Nikki football, yeah, no doubt. Uh, no, I do wonder when things are going to feel normal again like when when we are going to wake up and it's like okay back to to everyday life yeah, or something. Probably, yeah, after sure. probably, probably after yeah. the vaccine probably after the vaccine coming in the right. winter time right yeah yeah so uh where do you want to start here do you want to start uh, with barkley you want to do the all-time magic team we, um we, what do you want to do we, we, let's, let's do all-time magic team this was an interesting one that came out um on we're taping this on a Thursday. It came out on Wednesday, and ESPN put together its all-time Orlando Magic team. I, yeah. And and normally, listen, I mean, like we're all in the content business here. Everyone's throwing everything in the bucket that they can to try to fill as much content. But the all-time Orlando Magic team, according to ESPN, was released this week, and uh, they're doing a whole series. So they have the all-time team of every single team in the mm-hmm. NBA. And for the Orlando Magic, they have Penny Hardaway. Yeah. They have Nick Anderson, right? They have Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, mm. and Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. That is the all-time Orlando Magic team. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have not talked about it yet, so yeah. I'll let I'll let you lead. I've complained about this already on the radio on ESPN five eighty. By the time this drops, I think you will have too. Um, your thoughts, though? Those are the five guys. Um, you can't put Dwight Howard on that list, and I know you're going to argue with me, and that's what that's what makes for a great podcast. You cannot put Dwight Howard on that list. Huh. Um, and, and look, I, I, I will make the argument that Dwight, because of his longevity in Orlando and because he led the magic to the finals in 2009 and because he really, you know, kind of spearheaded the, the, uh, revival post Shaquille O'Neal that Dwight one day, if he ever gets his act straight belongs in the Orlando magic hall of fame, if not the rafters at Amway center. Okay. But that's not for today. Okay. The fact of the matter is. While Dwight did start his career in what, 04, 05 as a power forward. He played right. that entire year as mm-hmm. a power forward, uh, side by side with Kelvin Cato. I believe he played all 82 games and did not get a play run for him that first year he was in the NBA as a 17 and 18 year old kid. So he did 
earn his stripes as a power forward, but predominantly no, 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 the no, no, man no, was no, a center. No stripes were earned at power forward. He played at power forward. That experiment failed. I don't, he was I don't a think better it was an center experiment. than he well, was. I, I don't think it was an experiment. I think he was so young at the time. The Magic needed okay. to get him on the court. They made the trade for Kelvin Cato, who, who was an okay center, but um, they had to get him on the court, and that was the best way of doing so as a 17-, 18-year-old kid. And, yeah. and his body wasn't ready for the center position as of yet. He's played 164 games at the power forward yeah. position. His first two seasons... And I guess you're right. Looking at the numbers here, um, it wasn't a failed experiment. It was just where could we fit this young exactly. kid, and this I is had where to he get fits. It. Yeah, had to get Dwight him Howard's not a power forward. Dwight Howard no. is a center. Exactly. Dwight exactly. Howard played the best parts of his career at the five position. Yeah. He played two seasons at power forward, and after that, the rest of his career, yeah. which has spanned now 15 years, so 13 years, he's been in the uh, he's been in the league as a center. Mm. Yeah. Right. You can't you right. can't have him at power forward. You, you can't. You what, can't. What now, ESPN I did here I, I, was they just went win share. They were like, exactly. give us the top five win share <laughs> exactly. guys, and yes. those are the guys. Exactly. That's not how you do this. No, no. I mean, I, I get it. Today, more than ever, there is positionless basketball in the NBA, right? But Which when, has ruined these all-time teams. No doubt. Because it's just like, all right, we're going to pick five guys, and it doesn't matter. I still believe, though, in if you're putting together a team like this, mm-hmm. point guard, shooting guard. There's got to be a position feel to it. You can get a little creative in the two and the three and maybe the three and the four, but between the power forward and the five, like you can't, no. And and, and we'll get creative coming up, okay? But I I, bet you are. I I don't think Dwight Howard being a part of this team is getting creative. So look, I I have Shaquille O'Neal in at my center spot, Mm -hmm. even though he did play here four years, and that's an argument that you can make. Well, Dwight was here, how many, Dwight was here, what, eight years, I believe. Um, so double that of Shaquille O'Neal, but I, I go back to Shaq and, and covering the magic back in the day, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, as many negative things as I said about him in the past, Shaquille O'Neal was mainly responsible cr- for creating the, uh, th- this friendly-like atmosphere, frenzy-like atmosphere around this team. And for those of you who went through it, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who didn't, um, I'll try to describe it. It because I'd never do it justice, but it it again, it, it was like a rock concert every night at the old O arena. Every single night. A great Broadway play every single night. He was such a magnetic personality. He was such a unique uh, basketball player that everybody gravitated toward him, including the national networks. I can't tell you how many brunches that I had at the old O arena, like at 10 o'clock, 10.30 in the morning with a 12 o'clock start time on noon, NBC. Like a Sunday noon right, tip, is that right. what you're saying? Yeah, Magic Bulls or, or, or whatever the case, Magic Knicks, whatever the case may be. That was because of one guy. What now, was the it rest- like? What is it like to play on national TV? It's really cool, man. As someone covering this team, and it's like we've played six national TV games in the seven <laughs> yeah. years that I've covered them. Yeah, it was a totally different era, totally different feel of Magic Basketball. So, And this guy started it. So mm-hmm. even though he was here four years this was the guy who started it all, and that's why I'm going to put him on my center position right. list ahead of Dwight Howard. Yeah, I'm the other way. I've got Dwight there, uh, and it's for everything that you listed. Uh, I don't need to rehash the fact that he's number one on the franchise all-time lists at that center position ahead of Shaq, whether it be rebounds and points and mm-hmm. scored and all of that. Uh, he was a how-many-time defensive player of the year? Three-time defensive player yeah, of the year. Yeah, and I don't believe Shaq ever won that. 
I don't think he did either. I'll double-check that. Um, but he's a three-time defensive player of the year. All three of those came in an Orlando Magic uniform. He was a two-time block champ in the NBA. Same mm-hmm. thing in Orlando. Four out of his five years that he won the rebounding title happened here in Orlando. The other was the year in L.A. that he was there. Made the All-Star team every year in Orlando except for two, and those were the first two years of his career. Um, I look at Dwight, and I think a lot of the things that you say of Shaq you can say of Dwight, the national networks loved Dwight Absolutely. Howard. How Absolutely. many national commercials did Dwight have? He had the smile, he had the laugh, the joke, he won the dunk contest. He had, he was, he had the most popular jersey yes. in the NBA for a while here he in Orlando. In the MVP conversation, I'd like to go back and look at how many MVP votes he got at one point in time. And just like Shaq, he got the Orlando Magic yep. to the NBA Finals in 2009. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't... I don't want to make this. So the way that I did this was the best players in a Magic uniform to play with the Orlando Magic. I guess who had the best careers playing for the Magic, not the best basketball players to appear in a Magic uniform. Mm. So I, to me, it's more, okay, so what did you do while you were here in the 407? That yeah. was more of how I saw this. And in my case, Dwight, eight years versus Shaq's four years, a lot of similar accomplishments. Was he as dominant offensively? No, but he was more dominant defensively better than defensive Shaq. Player. Yeah. Uh, I take Dwight, and Dwight is the five. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's the fun thing about this, too, is that you can't have them both on the same team. They just, you know, it doesn't they work. play the same position. Yeah, when, when I saw that, I thought, okay, this is a little bit hokey now. Come on. I mean, I, I realized well, that Dwight. Been there. You should have been there on ESPN 580. My guy, Jerry Daniels, is trying to make the case that Dwight could have played the power forward position. No. Uh, no, the only reason why he played the power forward position his first season and a half is because they wanted him on the basketball right. court. They wanted him to get experience, and his body was not ready as a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid to take the rigors of the center spot each and every night back then. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Shaquille. I know he only spent four years here in Orlando, but look, um, Shaq was... Shaq was Paul McCartney of the Beatles. Shaq was, he was Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's that little extra something, something. It's the extra flair, the charisma, the style, um, the national media spotlight. Not that the magic didn't have it with Dwight, but it was, it was different back in the 90s. Yeah, I'm going to be a complete hypocrite because the Penny Hardaway discussion, I'm going to make every point you made as to why you should be on this list instead of Jameer Nelson because it's a very similar discussion in yeah. terms of just yeah. the amassed the Penny, numbers. Yes. Penny spent, what, six years? Was it six years Six here? years, yeah. Okay, six years. I mean, what we're having is we're having a quantity versus quality discussion with these players and I think that the quantity of Dwight Howard offsets the small difference in quality between the players. Because Dwight, at his apex in Orlando, I actually don't think was that far away from Shaq. He Let's, was dominant. Uh, no, no, he was dominant. No question about it. Right. But I think it's it. I, I think I think the play is virtually even here. Okay. Dwight, the better defensive player. Shaq, the more dominant offensive player. Yes, Dwight had his eight years to Shaq's four, but I just I go back to the whole rot concert every night thing, Nick. And and he he really established he put Orlando on the map he did. as a sports town. So if I am making my list, all right, okay, I am going Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Tracy McGrady. I'm gonna go Horace Grant at the mm-hmm. four. Uh, and I'm going to go Shaquille O'Neal at the five. So four of the five guys I've got on this on this team here are from back in the day in in those '90s teams. Yeah. Um. Well, not. Yeah. You're right. Four of the five. Um. Our four. Our 
are four leading up to the center possession are the same. Um, yeah. Now, I can be talked into somebody different at that power forward spot. I'm extremely underwhelmed by the options there. Yeah. Uh, there just aren't many. Uh, the Magic just right. have not had many dominant power forwards. And and to your point, Horace Grant played a lot of center for the Orlando Magic so, after Shaquille O'Neal left, too. Yes, but, and that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so We but, can talk about Richard Lewis if you want to put him there. A could, lot of Magic fans responded to me when I put my list out there. Well hey, could. what about Richard Lewis? What about Hito Turkoglu? Hito was more of a three than he was a four because they kind of played that jumbo lineup. and that's he, what, was, he was a one as well. He was yeah, a point he, forward. He was a point too. forward. He was. Yeah. You're right. He was a point forward, and that's yeah. what made them so good defensively, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think about when they beat the Cavaliers in that 9 series, it was because of their defense, not because of their offense. And if you wanted to add a Jameer Nelson to this mix... The Jameer Penning conversation is closer than I think anyone would think it is. Because Jameer spent 10 years here in Orlando. Yes. And longevity has to have something to do with it. And you never heard a peep from Jameer Nelson. No, and all he did was hit big shots. It, it, it was Mr. Big Shot. That's who he was. It was clutch shot after clutch shot. He makes one all-star team. Penny made several. I get that. Penny spent six years here in Orlando. But really, when you take a look at those years... Three or four of them were good. The rest, mm-hmm. eh, so-so. Do you know what hurt Jameer's case? What? He was hurt the finals year. That's it. That's, That's what it. hurt his case. Played, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was I was sitting there courtside. It was game number yeah, 43. Game number 43. He had just been named to the All-Star team. And the Magic, I believe, at that point, might have had the best record in the East or the best record in the NBA. And all of a sudden, he grabs his shoulder. Anytime Jameer shows any sort of... Yeah, he was uh, a warrior. Uh, oh, I mean, it's so tough. But any ill effects from pain, you know it's serious. He grabs his shoulder. He ran right to the locker room, and he sat out the rest of the year. And we all know what happened come the NBA Finals. They decided to bring him back. And um, I don't know whether it was the right decision or not. A lot of Magic fans would tell you it was uh-huh. not the right decision because Ray Alston led the Magic to the playoffs and into the NBA Finals that year. But if, if I were to make an addendum, if you were to go with – are you talking about like a sixth man? No, no, no. I, I'm no I, okay. I, an addendum to the lineup. In other words, today's lineup, a, a small ball lineup, if you will. It's oh, not very small. You know okay. what I mean? So, so a, a lineup that would fit today's so a little play. more positionless, right? right if you were right. building the ultimate Orlando Magic right. Five, right? So then you go, then you go Jameer one. Okay. You go Penny two. Oh, you put Penny at the shooting now, guard. Now Brian Hill put Penny at the shooting guard quite often, especially post Shaq. When Daryl Armstrong would come off the bench. Is that to save him a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. And and you free up Penny to score because you needed more scoring mm-hmm. with Shaquille O'Neal out in Los Angeles. So Brian Hill and Richie Adubato did that very effectively back in 96-97 in that first year without Shaq. And remember what Penny did in the playoffs in 97 against the Miami Heat in that first round five game series. He went off. He went off for yeah, 42 yep. and 41 points in games three and four. They lost that series, right? They did in five games, unfortunately. Sorry. When Horace got the blue flu in game five, we won't even get into that. But that was covered. It was covered in the last dance with Horace Grant yes. and Reinsdorf. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But if if, if you're going to go addendum here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jameer one. I'm going to go Penny two. Um, I'm going to go. And, and again, I'm looking for a a, a, a 21st century lineup, sure. right? I'm, I'm going to go Nick Anderson three, as strong as Nick was. This is going to be you, a real small you, team because you, you can you can put Nick at the three. This is going to be a real small team because I haven't heard Tracy McGrady's name yet. 
you got Tracy McGrady at the four. This is a really small team. Okay, but but it kind of fits today's NBA play, doesn't it? Well, I, I want to know which guy is pissed off first that he's not getting enough shots because <laughs> between Penny, Nick, and Tracy, yeah. and then Jameer Nelson is going to get his too a little bit, yeah. and I'm guessing you have Shaq at the five? Shaq at the five, Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's not enough shots. No, but but you look at most of these all-time teams. There's yeah. not enough shots for no, any there's, of them, there's not. Right? I but mean, that that's... one, that one, there's a lot of ISO guys on that team. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But I, if you want to put Jameer mm-hmm. on, I, I could make it work by taking – Horace Grant out of the equation and just moving everybody down because Penny, again, was very accustomed to moving over to that, to that shooting guard spot. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, Penny was never a great shooter, mind you. He was a very good scorer, but Penny was never a great shooter. Um, does that hurt us in today's NBA? Yeah, probably. But if you want to go smaller, that's the way I would yeah, go. Yeah, but his slash and kick ability would have helped. Man. Like, if he would have played with today's men, that's the tough thing about these discussions. Like, we just got done watching The Last Dance. And everyone talks about how, well, you know, today's today's world, you know, Jordan wouldn't have translated because he wouldn't have shot the threes. It's like, well, then you watch the – did you watch the Game 6, the movie last night on ESPN? No, I did not catch oh. it for, last night. By the way, Jordan made three threes in the first half of that game. Um, It was an unbelievable – it yeah. was an unbelievable watch. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like Penny being able to get by guys and kick and slash and kind of create from that too I he, think would have been huge. For those of you who did not get to watch Anthony Hardaway at the prime of his career, which was here in Orlando. You mean the Memphis coach? <laughs> yeah, the Memphis coach. That's right. Um, He was poetry in motion. He really was. Six foot seven. He saw the entire floor. He had eyes in back of his head. Uh, he was so crafty. He had a sixth sense about him. And, and again, not a great shooter, but a, a really good scorer. And I think if Penny, if, if his body held up and if Shaq had stayed in Orlando, would have gone down as one of the all-time greats in the history of the game. There's no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, look, I, I covered Penny closely in, in 1993 through 1999. I, I actually remember going to London back in 93. It was his very first NBA Games as a professional, they played a couple of exhibition games over in London against the Atlanta Hawks at Wembley Arena. And there was a party the night before, and my wife and I attended. Um, and there's Penny, just off at little Penny Hardaway, right? Little shy, quiet Penny Hardaway off in the corner just eating his food all by himself. That was Penny. Penny was kind of a lone wolf. And that Magic team was very clicky back in the day because yeah. you had Shaq, Shaq. and Dennis. Mm-hmm. And then you had Nick and Penny and kind of everybody else on the team. But I think, you know, we, we've seen the last dance with Michael Jordan and how how cocky, how confident Jordan was. If Penny Hardaway had an ounce, an ounce of what Jordan had in terms of the mental game and the emotional game, he would have been the next Jordan. But... While Penny had all the physical attributes, mm-hmm. he wasn't the most confident guy in the world. And when things would go south, Penny tended to go south along with that. That's why he needed Shaquille O'Neal as his Batman. And, of course, that all ended in the summer of 96. Yeah, so your your all-time Orlando Magic lineup, you've got yeah. Penny, you've got Nick, yep. Tracy, yep. Horace, yeah. and Shaq. Yep. I've got four of those five, the difference being... Dwight Howard, um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what this team you know could this team look different. I always think about that like a decade from now. Is there a guy in this current roster that maybe makes it onto that all time team? 
Let's see what Jonathan Isaac does in the next yeah. few years in his development. Um, I don't think Nick Vucevic breaks into ooh, those ranks. That, ooh, I don't know. I mean, like, this team's going to have to do a lot of winning. It's going to have to do a lot of winning. Right, because if, you if won with stays. Dwight and Shaq. Right, that's the right? big thing. But in terms of the counting numbers, and this is, once again, quantity, quality, mm-hmm. uh, who was it last year that called Nick Vucevic the most skilled center in Magic history? I think he... In terms well, of offensive right. skill. Uh, whoever said it, I think they're exactly right. Who said that? I'm trying to remember who said that. If it was was it not our guy Jeff Turner? I think it was our guy Jeff Turner who said it on a on a on a telecast mm. at one point. Um I'll have to go back and check. But uh that was the only guy in my mind, I think. That would be, you know, maybe no. I Mark Mark Fultz. Fultz. Yeah. Well, let, let, I mean, it, it's it, super early. Yeah. It, it it's it's going to be a tall task to break into that point guard rank with with Jameer Nelson and with uh, Anthony Hardaway. But look, Markell has the talent to do so. He just needs a lot more reps out there. All right, let's get to the uh, the return of the NBA. So as we're talking today, uh, it is Thursday, May 21st. And I I, I date and timestamp. It's also 3.48 p.m. I, <laughs> I date and timestamp this because uh, everything can change. We never, you know, all of this is changing minute to minute. But according to The Athletic, Sham Sharani and Sam Amick uh, of The Athletic, uh, the NBA is nearing a return, mm-hmm. perhaps, maybe, we think. And Walt Disney World is the front runner to be the return site. Now, whether that's a sole site, I think their reporting indicates that. But according to Adam Silver, uh, he has said he's going to make a decision in the next few weeks. The target, according to these guys, is a mid-June training camp and mm-hmm. then a mid-July, let's play ball. Yeah. I'm fired up. <laughs> so it doesn't take much, Nick. Over the last nine, ten weeks, it doesn't take much to fire me up about anything positive. Yeah, let's but do it. But at, at the very least, you're looking at some momentum toward the resumption of the season. Now, what happens when we get there? What happens if someone gets sick? What happens if LeBron James catches the virus? What happens if five, ten guys go down? I don't know. I don't know if this if the NBA has the stomach to move on, but the good news is is that finally we're starting to talk about a possible resumption of the season, be it in an NBA bubble here in Orlando or Vegas or Houston, wherever they're going to do it. Maybe they do it in in a couple of different venues. I don't know, but I know this. Here in Orlando, Walt Disney World would be an outstanding, outstanding venue to hold it. I mean, it's an absolute natural because – You've got the private property out there, so you can cordon that thing off and, and make it as much of a bubble as possible. You've got very different arenas out there at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. We've been in all of them. They're they're broadcast ready, right? I mean, the hotel rooms galore on the Disney campus. These NBA players are going to have things to do on the Disney campus as well. We don't know when Disney is going to open. They were supposed to address that uh later today as we're taping. Mm-hmm. But I I man, I the more I think about the Disney bubble, the more I think that is an exceptional idea. And if you do this in Vegas, are you going to be able to cordon off the area like you are here in Orlando at Walt Disney World? I don't think so. So you have everything in play including 
the relationship between the NBA and Disney slash ESPN slash ABC. Yeah, Bob Iger was on the call with the Board of Governors pitching this. And since Walt Disney World became an option, it has felt like that was the front runner. The report is that it is the front runner. I think it is going to be the place that they end up playing. And you're 100% right about everything you just said. It makes sense. You've got the hotels. Uh, Keith Smith, who first threw this out from CBS Sports, actually uh, pointed out that, which hotel was it? Um, it was the newly renovated one there uh, that's down by Disney. It's almost that's down by Disney Springs. Uh, it's the only one with the open pool that I always used to crash. <laughs> What's the name of that? I, I, I'll look it up. I'm all sorry. Right. Um, but they have cordoned off all their booking for the month of July. Really? So you can't book in the other hotels you can book right now mm. into July. Yeah. But there's the, the, the booking is kind of. Is that uh, the All-Star? It's not the All-Star. No, it's not the okay. All-Star. Now I'm going to have to look this up. Look it up. Yeah, look Disney up. Hotels. But it's they, the convention hotel is what it is. Yeah. I Come on, Nick. <laughs> Hold on. We got IT on this. Um, I'll find it. Whatever. What, I, they have plenty of hotel space. That's that's the issue here. That is, that is 100% true, yes. Okay. Oh, Coronado Springs. Coronado. That's what it okay. was. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, because they just renovated it, and it's really nice. So I've been drunk at all these places, by the way. <laughs> They're all very nice places. Uh, where haven't you been drunk in Orlando? Um, That's the question. You know, we were doing a segment on ESPN 580 <laughs> this week, and I was like, oh, great happy hour there. And then someone else brought someone's like, good happy hour. And they're like, Nick, how many places you've been drunk? Uh, all of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Not in the last three months, though. Yeah. Well, it's good. Good for you. Um, and here's another question: Like, well, what? Because it was illegal. Too. What, what? What would that look like? Like, what would, what would an NBA season in a bubble look like? Be it here in Orlando or Vegas or maybe both. What would that look like? Do you, do you play out the regular season, which would be another 15 games or so? Do you play out a condensed regular season to where you would play? I don't know, maybe five or six games. Uh, do you have a play-in tournament with the final playoff seeds up for grabs? Maybe you have a, a final play-in tournament between seeds 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, something like that. Uh, or do you start right with the playoffs? I start with the playoffs. Ooh, I do. I'm you sorry. you got to get a few under your belt, Nick, don't I, you? No, no, no. Like, I'll let them play some scrimmages or something like that if you want to do it that way, east versus west, so there's no kind of unfair advantage. Like, if the Magic play the Bucks in a scrimmage, that's yeah. really not fair. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think the NBA needs to look at this as limiting exposure as much as possible. It's kind of like going out in the snow. You mm. want everything covered up. And if I have to cover up 16 teams instead of 30 teams, yeah. If I if I can go to you know the resort and I can have a team of floor because it's sixteen floors there, awesome. And yeah. then everyone's in a bubble. I don't want to have to worry about Trey Young and the Hawks. Mm. They've been insignificant this entire NBA sure. season. The Chicago sure. Bulls have been insignificant. So like, let's just you know, Larry Nance Jr. is already quoted from the Cleveland Cavaliers saying, "Hey, I hope you guys have an open mind about guys that might not want to play." Cool, Larry, you're out. Um, sure, but, but there are going to be some others. No, they're in that camp. I think he makes a perfectly fine point. Larry, don't worry. We're we are keeping you in consideration. Yeah. We consider your season over. Right. Um, I I like bringing back every NBA team, and this is this is where you have the two venues. You have the East coming coming to Orlando. You have the West going to Las Vegas. You play five or six regular season games to end the season in Vegas and Orlando. You you get those five or six games under your belt to prepare for the playoffs. And I, you know, I get it. Like the Knicks are out of it. The Hawks are out of it. Many, many teams are out of it right now. I understand that. But 
you you get five or six more games. Uh, you're you're going to have a considerable amount of rust on these guys. I think it'd be nice to get that rust off prior to the playoffs starting. You start the playoffs here in Orlando at Walt Disney World. So you bring 16 teams in then, and you start it then. Now, do you have a condensed first round? I, I would like to see that. I would like to see a condensed first round, maybe go best three of five right. and then best of seven from there. If you want to go a best two of three in the first and a best three of five in the second, I'm all for that too. Um, if you're not going to condense this, Nick, if you're not going to condense it, the NBA says that they want to be done by Labor, Labor Day. Day, which is early September. If, if you're you playing out seven-game series, I don't know if you can get done by Labor Day. So you start mid-July. That gives you eight, nine weeks? Eight weeks, nine weeks? Uh, you're going to have to condense these playoffs. Especially especially, especially if, if my idea holds true and that you come back and play five or six regular season yeah, games. Yeah, that, that, that I'd agree. If you come back and you want to get five or six games in, and of course the local TV revenue is the big motivator here, right. so they can get everyone to 70 games. Apparently that's when all of these TV deals pay right. off. Um, doesn't feel like they have enough time. Adam Silver's got to make a decision here pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, you would think. And and he said, what, about a week ago that it was going to be two to, two four, to four weeks. weeks. So from now it'll be one to three weeks that we're going to have four a decision. Four weeks would be mid-June. Right. And that is right now, that's... I, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if at this time next week we're talking about Adam Silver making an announcement. Yeah. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And we're starting to see a lot yeah. of stories from a lot of these credible NBA reporters mm-hmm. coming out and talking about a resumption of the season, which is great news. Do it here in O-Town, NBA. It's your best move. Yeah, home court advantage, Orlando Magic. Love it, love it. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Hard and Hustle podcast. That was episode number 54. Thanks for joining us. He is Scott Inez. I'm Nick Grunowitz. You can follow Scotty on Twitter, at Inez says, A-N-E-Z-S-E-C, S-E-Z. Not the Southeastern Conference, A-N-E-Z-S-E-Z. And you can follow me at ESPN580. Nick, if you want to tune in and listen, you should. Where you been? You can hear us weekdays. Four to six on ESPN Afternoons with Scott and Edge. You can hear me six to eight live, local, and uh, loud. We will be back uh, next week. This is Thursday. There's no way we're back this week. We'll be back next week with another episode, hopefully telling you about when the NBA is going to return. But until then, go Magic. Be safe, everybody.